do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode I think that being delusional is very, very important for a lot of people who want to become the best. You might call me delusional thinking that I can become the best player in the world. When Ronaldo told his teammates at 12 years old or 13 years old, whatever the story is, that he believes that he can become the best player in the world, that would be thinking that he's delusional. That would be calling him an idiot. Look at it now. The Relentless Series, taken by the Sculpted Podcast. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Sculpted Podcast. Today, we are going through uh, the first few pages of Relentless, uh, the note from the author, and also chapter one called Don't Think. Today, it's just myself, and we're going to take a look through my notes and my thoughts throughout the years of me reading this and going through my current thoughts even with it, proposing some thoughts to you guys as the listeners. Uh, Obviously, I don't have all the answers myself. Um, but just discussing it with you guys today and putting it out there to have a different interpretation of the book itself. That's kind of what we're trying to do with, um, this new series. So just to get into it, uh, we'll, we'll go through the, the first few pages. And as I mentioned, I've got many, many different notes in here from, I think when I first started reading the book, which would have been, uh, I have on top of my head I'd say about four years ago maybe so when I first really started taking football seriously so then the first initial pages aren't too in-depth uh compared to the rest obviously it's just a note from Tim Grover but seriously every single page I have notes on so we're going to be going through all these different annotations and progressions of time where I have experienced different thoughts and different uh evaluations of what I've been reading so with that being said I'm going to get right into it so on page XI I actually don't have any notes on this page I as I said before it's a bit uh counterintuitive to what I said before I said I do have notes on every single page but I wouldn't classify the first um notes from an author pages but we're going to read through that anyway um just a few things that I can already immediately see that I've underlined you don't wait to be told I think that as a cleaner, uh, which is something that if you've read Relentless before, you will understand immediately what a cleaner is when uh, Tim Grover refers to a cleaner. But if you don't understand what a cleaner is right now, that's fine. All you need to remember are the three categories of which Tim Grover identifies people with, which is a cooler, a closer, and a cleaner. And immediately, as I mentioned, when I see this, you don't wait to be told. I can immediately identify this with being a cleaner. This is the characteristics of a cleaner. And just to be clear for all of my listeners right now, uh, I honestly can't tell you any cleaners that I know personally. I think a lot of people would like to think they're cleaners. I definitely, uh, I never thought I was a cleaner because when I first read the book, I knew that okay, I don't possess some of these traits, but in, I do possess a lot of them. Uh, I've I've spoken to Ash and Val about this before, how I don't see myself as a cleaner, but I don't think that I could be 18, year, 18 years old and classify myself as a cleaner. And I think that going through the ranks of being a cooler, closer, and a cleaner, it takes a lot of time. And with our last episode that we um have up with about failure, that's completely the whole process of going through the steps of becoming, going from the cooler, going to the closer, and becoming that cleaner. In this book, I believe it was written in 2013, 2014, around this time, it mentions how LeBron James wasn't a cleaner in Tim Grover's eye. And that's quite interesting now, because if you look at Winnie, Tim Grover's most recent book, if you look at interviews with Tim Grover, you will see that now 
Tim believes that LeBron is at the cleaner level. So again, back to my point, it does take a long time to become a cleaner for some people. And for me, I feel like I've always had cleaner tendencies. And a lot of people will have cleaner tendencies, but whoever has the most will obviously identify with being that one thing more than the other. So for me, I would say I do have a lot of closer tendencies. I'd say I have a lot. I'd say I have the most cleaner tendencies. But even then, maybe I have I have some cooler tendencies, which keeps me in the middle between I'm almost in the cleaner, but I'm not there yet. I know I can get there because there's a few things that I've identified, I've written down, and I know that even looking back at four years ago, maybe I was still a cooler, cooler closer. I was kind of in that little middle space. And then now I've, I've leveled up. I've leveled up and now I'm in between the cooler, uh, sorry, I'm between the closer and the cleaner. So I'm always just leveling up, leveling up. And this is what is evident throughout the book's uh, whole, whole transcript. And you can see that, you know, this is a level where it's the greatest. I'm not the greatest in the world right now. And it's going to be very difficult for me to get to becoming one of the greatest in the world. But something that I believe is that I can do that. Because if anyone was going to make it work, it's me. So, back to the, the first kind of line. You don't wait to be told. Cleaners, we don't wait to be told. Okay, this is something that I do very well. Take initiative, intuition, instinct, doing it before anyone asks you to. Even if it's wrong. Back to the failure thing. You're better off knowing that it's wrong so that you know not what to do. Once you know what not to do, you can experiment and find what to do. The next thing that I highlighted from a few years ago, when it's time to act, you act instinctively and without hesitation. Kind of went into my last point there. It's instinct. It's intuition. It's initiative. A lot of in. The word in, in all of those words. Again, that kind of um, aligns with what we haven't sculpted, right? from within everything the answer is always from within the problem is always from within okay intuition instinct initiative they're all from within just an interesting one there the next thing i have highlighted so not just in sports but in everything you do so that refers to craving the end result so intensely the work becomes irrelevant I really resonate with that because I, I, this is going to be another episode that we do later on in the line, but I don't like the work that I'm doing. I don't like training, but I do like the end result and I haven't even, I'm nowhere near the end result, but I love the feeling of getting closer to that end result. In the moment when I'm training, I hate it. I don't enjoy playing football. I could do anything in the world. I just, football chose me first. It could have been rugby could have been golf it could have been any other thing in the world even with this podcast i hope that it's evident that you know you can see me giving i can't give a hundred percent to the podcast as i can to football because the podcast is something that i want to have along the side of my football so i can't give a hundred percent but i hope that you can see that i am invested enough right let's say if i didn't have football i would be a hundred percent in the podcast everything i do I try to have the three pillars of my life, like we have on the sculpted logo, the three pillars. Mind, professionalism, dedication, and effort. In a lot of Tim Grover's uh, books, a lot of what he says, it often even refers to three pillars. He doesn't directly address them as three pillars, but something when I was creating the logo, I realized that even the way that I identify myself, it's these three pillars of life that identify me. This is something that's also very relevant in the book and we'll go through later in another chapter. But even the cooler, closer, and cleaner. Three. Three pillars. You're working your way up. Alright. So the next few pages I have. Even a great season doesn't make you a cleaner. Okay. Again, so... If you are, let's say, a young player or a young person who is working their way up they have a one-off season. They have a one-off business endeavor. They get this one deal. That doesn't make you the best. It is much easier to get to the top than to stay at the top. And the people who are the cleaners stay at the top. It's a very, very easy way to find and to differentiate a cleaner between a closer. Some people have different paths. Me, 
I don't see myself as ever even having a one-off season because I don't think that I would be able to get to the level of just having a one-off because my path is going to be different. I'm going to have a lot more failures along my path than most people because of the inexperience that I have as a footballer compared to others. Starting later, it puts me at a not restricted path, but it puts me at a limited path compared to everyone else. People have done more mistakes in their life than me previously in football when I've only been able to make mistakes in my five years of playing at a high level. Where others have been doing it for 10 years. So they might have those mistakes out of their system. They might have those mistakes that they've learned from. Things like this. So one great season doesn't make you a cleaner. It is much harder to repeat the same thing when you're at the top than to continue to work at a progressive level because when you reach the top it is much easier to fall down to a lower standard than to stay at that level the next thing I have highlighted is never satisfied that is something that even my family they probably find this very annoying about me I believe that the grass always is greener on the other side and I don't see that as a problem because if I'm always thinking what's the best what's the next best thing I'm never satisfied there's a word that I really like to use, and it's insatiety. Insatiety is the insatisfaction and the insatiation. So basically, meaning that you're never satisfied with something. It's a some. It's a, it's a word that is typically paired with a food, where, let's say, for potatoes, it's the most satiating food. It leaves you quite full. Protein. It leaves you quite full. If you have sugar, that's insatiating. You feel you feel hungry, right? Not that sugar you should be having it because obviously when it comes to food and things like this it's it's a different it's a different level but having that insatiated ability when it comes to results that's something that we all need to possess and especially as cleaners never being satisfied with the minimum something that I'm struggling with at the moment is not being able to give a hundred percent in every single training session because I'm doing two training sessions a day with teams okay if I was just doing two training sessions a day which I normally do by myself let's say I have team training in the morning and then I'm doing individual work in the afternoon, then I would be okay because that second session, I don't have to give that competitiveness. I don't have to give that complete uh, focus and attention to detail because the second session can be a technique session where it's just repetition. That's what I like to do in my second session when I'm doing it by myself. It's repetition because I know that from even our episode with Dan Abrams, your brain, the way you are wired, you can't physically give 100% consistently and when I'm doing two team training sessions in a day my focus my attention all of this it compounds on so if I'm doing this every day I go to sleep and then the next morning as soon as I wake up I'm into the next team training session rest for the middle of the day back into team training for me it's something that I'm I'm struggling with because I'm not happy with the level that I'm performing at in one age group and then when I go with the first team I'm able, I want to give 100% focus to this because this is what matters. Anyway, that, again, it can be another episode. But never being satisfied is something that's very important. The next thing I've got here. I'm not done yet, he said. That is a cleaner. You don't have to love the hard work. You just have to crave the end result. That's something that a lot of people attribute to loving the process, which is something that definitely I really resonated with when I was uh, first starting off because for me, as I've mentioned just in this episode already, I don't think that I chose football, football chose me. It was just the thing that my environment, my friends were doing it. My neighbor, he moved in next door to me and was a professional footballer. It chose me first. And honestly, I if, if, if football didn't choose me, I think rugby would have chosen me because a lot of other friends were telling me to choose rugby, do this, do that. And I was quite malleable by my surroundings and by external influences. So you don't have to love the work. You just have to crave that end result. And craving that end result, for some people, and actually for a lot of people when it comes to football, they, they do it because it's their passion. They do it because it's what they love. For me, honestly, that's not what, it, that's not what the case is. I don't love football. I say it to my family all the time, and they, they, they kind of question why am I doing it, but I, I, I completely understand why I'm doing it. And I could go down whatever path and I would have the same obsession. I would have the same quote-unquote passion. I don't, I don't have any passion for, for football. I could quit tomorrow and I'd be completely fine. That's not the problem for me. 
I am so obsessed with getting to the top. I want to get to the top. I want to be the best. That's what I want. The work, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it to the best of my ability, but I don't care about the work. I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better than anyone else. But I want to become the best footballer in the world. That's what I care about. So focusing on the process, that's there's power in that 100%. You don't have to love that though. I, I don't. I don't love training, as I mentioned, but I do love getting these little these little wins, these little wins across the line. You know, whether it's starting, whether it's a good training session, these things I can appreciate. But it's that end result that I want, and tying that into, you know, I'm always thinking the grass is greener on the other side, even if it's not. And and, and for sports, quite often it's not. But having that obsession of leveling up, never being satisfied, brings me on to the, the exact same thing that I've lined, underlined in the next page. It's not satisfied. That is a cleaner. The only difference between feedback and criticism is the way you hear it. That's, that's very true. I think that being desensitized to tone, being desensitized to opinions, that's very important because at a professional level, you are open to th- millions of people 75,000 people watch you in stadium. Millions of people watching your highlights back at the end of the game. Every single one of those people have an opinion on you. And that is, again, opinion or feedback, criticism or feedback. It's the way you hear it. It's the way you frame it. But also understanding that the way you hear it reflects you as a person. Because if you hear it, quote-unquote, if you hear it as criticism, then you are letting that person have power over you because you automatically assume that they are right about you. Does that person truly know you? If they truly know you, then I would say that's feedback. If they don't truly know you, then that criticism has no relevancy because if they are seeing it as a one-off, if they are seeing it as a regular pattern, Do they really know who you are as an individual? I don't think so. So, the difference, right? If we're talking about feedback and criticism, if I was to say that, let's say, you made the wrong decision here. If my coach told me that, there's validity to that. Because he has, I hope that he would know me at least. And let's say if a fellow player of mine was to say that, it would probably come differently from the player and the coach. But at the end of the day, it is just noise. If I was to start humming right now, what is that? It's noise. If I was to say something offensive to you, what is that? At the end of the day, it's just noise. What you do with that noise is your reaction. It's how you hear it. If I was to say you're the worst player in the world, you could actually hear that in your own mind as I'm the best player in the world. Now, that's not what you should do. But I'm just trying to show how the difference is how you perceive it. It's merely your perception. Watch the next page. Okay. Can anyone do this? Do you have to be born with, born this way, or can you learn it? So this goes into the growth mindset by Carl Dweck. I think that this was the second book that I actually read after Relentless uh, on my way to Germany the first time. So when I was just 15 years old, when I was heading over to Germany, and I started the book on the airplane and that really, I'd say it didn't change my mindset because I always believed that I could train my ability and do all these things, but it kind of put words to what I was thinking, which is similar to Relentless, but can you learn it? The next line is, here's my answer and what I hope you keep in mind as you read this book. You don't have to play basketball like Michael Jordan to have his mindset and mental toughness and apply it to whatever you do. You don't need Kobe's athletic skills to attack your dreams the way he attacks his. You don't have to overcome injury and impossible odds like Dwayne Wade to overcome whatever obstacles are standing between you and your goals. You just need to share their relentless drive for the end result and let nothing stand in the way of achieving it. So, I guess, what what that's kind of saying, it's, you can learn 
I guess the learning part doesn't completely correlate to that last kind of paragraph there, but having the same approach as these greats, anyone can do that, okay? It, it's, it's not an easy process to get to this point, and the results have to prove it. The results have to back it up. And as I've highlighted at the end, you have to crave that end result. But... It is a skill that you can learn. Relentless isn't a step-by-step process of you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Relentless should put into words what you are already thinking. It should be identifying thought patterns. It should be giving you ideas of how you can start to act like these greats. But you can learn it. And going through this and looking through my, my own progress is evidence of that. Okay, into the first chapter, don't think. So I've got here, in my own notes, work, 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 work. There is always something that you can do. I guess that relates to whether you're injured, whether you're not training, uh, whether you're training and let's say it was a light session for that day, you don't want to do any more physical exercise because you might have a game the next day. You can still do work. The work could vary from purposeful distraction that's a psychological technique that you can do if you're overthinking if you're overstimulated thinking about trying to predict the future something that we can't do as humans we don't know what's going to happen i don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes a meteor could come out as i'm recording right now i don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes but this is not helpful so there is always something you can do working smarter and harder, that's something I believe in. People say work smarter, not harder. I think work smarter and harder. Why not do both? If you were to kick a ball up in the air for a million times and you're you're working hard at it, but there's no purpose behind it, why do you need to kick a ball up in the air a thousand times every single day? What's that doing? Now let's put attention and detail behind it. Okay, I'm going to kick the ball up 1,000 times and I'm going to not drop it. I'm going to keep it up in the air. What am I training? Okay, I'm training my first touch. Different, kind of the same drill, similar drill, different intention. Very, very different outcome and result. There's always something you can do. doesn't always have to be the most intense physical strain, draining, anything like that. But having the detail and tension behind it, there's a lot of power in that. The next thing is we can adapt around the limitation. Okay, that's an interesting one. I think that for cleaners, a big thing is adapting to situations, to circumstances. For myself, I have to do a lot of adapting. Uh, I have to pay my bills. I have to pay for my rent. I have to pay for my food. I don't get paid by my football club because I'm not on that professional contract, even though I'm with a professional team playing in the first, uh, trading with the first team. I'm not on a professional contract, so I have to adapt. That's not easy for me because I have to train much more than anyone else in the team because I have to go to under-19s training. I have to go to the second team training. I have to do training with the first team. I also like to do my own sessions alongside that. So for me, it's difficult, but I have to adapt. I'm not saying I'm the best at adapting, but cleaners have to adapt. We don't use excuses. Excuses are very, very easy to fall upon. Playing the victim game, that's very easy to do. The next thing I have is lay out the whole script, leaving nothing to chance. That's something I really do believe in. Leaving nothing to chance, leaving no stone unturned. That is very, very powerful. That's about control. I am very, very obsessed with control. A lot of people would know that I, I struggle to distribute work. I, I struggle to give people other things. I struggle to trust people with work that I want to do, whether it's my way and my way only, or if they want to do something else, I have to trust that person completely. I have to find value in that person. And if I don't find value in that person, then it's a very simple fix for me. Catch you later. That's it. Leave nothing to chance. Plan for everything. Simple. Not easy to do an application because a lot of people will use excuses. Cleaners don't. Okay, the next thing I have is now he's not even sure himself. So I think if we go back a little bit, he's listening to all the talk about whether he'll be ready to go, whether he can get the job done, whether he's lost a few steps, and now he's not even sure in himself. The pressure is getting to him. External pressure, that distracts and derails, not the internal pressure that can drive you to overcome anything. Okay, so that's definitely not talking about cleaners. We can automatically identify if someone's not even sure in himself, 
back to the episode about failure, 100% conviction. Even if you are doing the wrong thing, you only know if it's right or wrong until you've done it. Being 50-50, being 75-25 about it, that's not the right way of doing it. Doing it with 100%, 100% conviction, even if it's delusional, there is a lot of power in that because then you find out what's right or wrong. I think that being delusional is very, very important for a lot of people who want to become the best. You might call me delusional thinking that I can become the best player in the world. But you know what? When Ronaldo told his teammates at 12 years old or 13 years old, whatever the story is, that he believes that he can become the best player in the world, they called, they would be thinking that he's delusional. They'd be calling him an idiot. Look at it now. If I was to say that one in 100 believe, or maybe three in 100 believe that they're going to become the best players in the world, Maybe only one of them can, two of them are delusional, but those two are better off for believing that they can than the people who don't. Because if you believe that you can, then you can do that. If you don't believe that you can become the best player in the world, then the chances of you becoming the best player in the world are much less likely than the people who do. Interesting. The pressure is getting to him. External pressure distracts and derails not the internal pressure that can drive you to overcome anything. One thing that Tim Grover talks about a lot is the internal pressure. External pressure is the, you know, the crowd. It's the people who are telling you this, the people who are trying to advise you with this. For football, there is so much external pressure that you have to minimize that. At the end of the day, it's noise. What you do with that noise is up to you. The way you interpret it is up to you. Ideally, though, the way that you deal with that is by minimizing all external pressure. That's not easy. The way you can do that, though, is by desensitizing emotion. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. But taking the emotion out of things, realizing that people will have opinions. But you also need to know that you stand for three things. These three things you can always fall back on. Something in the sculpted toolbox, actually. If you work through the sculpted toolbox, you will be able to discover your three things that no one else can take away from you. You strive to be these three things every day. In, in the sculpted journal, you strive to be these three things every day. If you are aligned with these three things every day, then no one can tell you that you aren't those three things. Now, if someone criticizes you outside of those three things, then maybe you can take it on board. But if people are criticizing you within your three pillars, and they don't know you as a person, maybe they might be keeping you accountable. If it's someone you trust, you can listen to them. Take it on board. It's not criticism, it's feedback. And also just detach the emotion from it because the emotion makes you weak. Emotions really do make you weak. So get rid of that emotion. That's the external pressure. Very, very difficult to do. I struggle with it. External pressure isn't easy. But desensitizing yourself from emotions, taking yourself away, that's how you focus on the internal pressure. The internal pressure is self-accountability. It's the, it's the standards that you have for yourself. Again, I don't have this in abundance. This is something I struggle with. Maybe in a few years' time, I'll be, I'll be much better at it. But right now, I struggle with this. Having that internal pressure to make sure you're always at the top level of yourself, that's not easy to do. As I mentioned with my current situation, even in some training sessions, I can't. I can't do that and I have to purposely do that. That annoys me. I have to purposely go into a training session knowing that I can only give X amount of percent because the next morning I have training. And that's, that's because that night I finished training at let's say 9pm and I have training at 8am the next morning. And then I have training that evening again. How am I meant to give 100% every time? I can't. Now that bothers me. That internal pressure is telling me to give 100% every session. Unfortunately, that's not sustainable. But that goes into many areas of life, and my situation is quite unique where I have to have to balance my... No, it's not balance. Definitely not balance. I have to regulate my effort level. But my internal pressure is telling me that I shouldn't. My internal pressure is saying that I have to give 100%, and when I don't give 100%, that really annoys me. I don't have the best self-standards, though. And that's something I'm working on. But I'm acknowledging that I don't have the best self-standards. And when I look back on this book in three years' time, four years' time, five years' time, I hope that I can look back, and even listening to this podcast, I hope that I can look back and think, now I do. And we'll be seeing this throughout the chapters where I've written notes that I'll, 
I'll have it saying with, when I first read the book, I don't have this. And I'll be saying, now I do have this in abundance. And I wouldn't even realize that that was a general progression that I was uh, necessarily, I, I, I was basically programming myself. I knew subconsciously I'd do things that would be subconsciously training myself, like with emotion. When I was younger, I'd be very emotional. Criticism would get to me a lot. It would always be in my mind if someone said one bad thing about me. Now I'm quite desensitized to it. I lack the emotion. I don't, I don't listen to the tone. I don't listen to the emotion. Yes, okay, sure. I don't deal with it the best. It will still debilitate, not debilitate me, but it will still, you know, I might be 55% into the tackle or I might, that's theoretical. I'm, I'm not going to tackle, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going in 100% conviction because of an external reason. Therefore, this is something I'm still working on. Anyways. So, instead of shutting it all out and trusting his instincts and his natural ability, his thinking. Okay, that one's, that one's good. So, trusting your natural ability, something that cleaners do very well, something that MJ did very well, is uh, complete instinct and complete power in what they're doing. So, when we had Dan Abrams on, thinking about the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, what I refer to as the chimp, that's another person's model that I, I, I learn. I actually quite like the chimp because it, the chimp relates to all areas of life, whether it's, you know, the programming of the of, of external, let's say, corporations, big corporations trying to program you to do X, to do Y, to do Z. Listening to your chimp and realizing that in here, the natural instincts you have from from a child, you know, these things that you believe and going with that, again, it might be wrong. You might be delusional, but believing it, giving it a hundred percent, then you know it's right or wrong because you failed it. Or if you didn't fail, then you know it's right. Experimenting. Eventually you'll stumble across the right answer. Again, don't think this is a big one. It's the title of this chapter. It's never enough just to get to the top. You have to stay there. Climb higher. Kind of back to the uh, original, one of the original points, you know. It's never enough just to be at the top. You have to stay there. And cleaners, they'll try and get even higher than that. Not an easy feat to do. A future episode that we're going to do is the flywheel effect. That's something that I refer to as momentum typically. But Val introduced me and Ash to the flywheel effect. And that's something that definitely uh, can translate into all areas of life with momentum, with seeing progress, with seeing results. This flywheel effect will continue to help you push, elevate, climb higher, keep going, keep going. Most people are willing to settle for good enough. But if you want to be unstoppable, those words mean nothing to you. Being the best means engineering your life so that you never stop until you get what you want. And then you keep going until you get what's next. And then you go for even more. That is sculpture at its at its finest, basically. And, and what we can refer to that is a message that Kobe Bryant said. Now, I can't remember this word for word, but your environment, tailor it so that everything you do in your environment benefits you. Your world is your library. Everything that I do should be sculpting myself to become better at X result. Therefore, every single time I pick up my water and drink it. What was that for? For you? It might be you were thirsty. For me, that bit of water was for me to go into my next session and give 100%. Purpose. Okay, this podcast, why am I doing this? There's a few reasons why I'm doing this. There's a few reasons why I wanted to do the Relentless series, in fact. It's so I can look at my progress over the years. It's so I can help other people with this. It's so I can articulate my thoughts better. It's so I can understand the book again and again. Okay, I don't completely understand everything around this. But the more I read through it, the more I understand. When I first read Relentless, the reason why I have to read it again is because I really didn't understand too much about it. I could, un I could identify patterns and I could identify and I could relate with certain things. But now, when I've been able to articulate it, been able to write more notes, been able to speak to the camera, be able to speak to you guys, I'm able to, un I, can, I can identify certain patterns. I can articulate it better. I can understand it in more depth. Okay, whatever it takes to get what you want. You understand the ins... Okay, there's the word. Insatiable addiction to success. It defines your entire life. 
Okay, interesting. So I said I need to adapt to that. So when I first wrote that out, I didn't relate with that. But now, that addiction to success defines my entire life. That's completely what it is. I've moved to Germany by myself at the age of 15, came back because of COVID, moved back when I'm 17. Now I'm 18. My whole life. It defines my whole life. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Turn that action. Turn that into action and results. I would say I haven't turned my action into the results that I want so far. That's not an easy thing to do. I'm still working on it. Maybe my action hasn't been as efficient as others. If you look at young successes in sports, maybe their action has adapted into immediate results. I haven't done that. But don't stop working. Trying to stumble across that right that right thing that will get you there. That's how you do it. Okay. You can read clever motivational slogans all day and still have no idea how to get where you want to be. Wanting something won't get you anywhere. Trying to be someone you're not won't get you anywhere. Waiting for someone or something to light your fire won't get you anywhere. It's only through action can you actually get somewhere. This goes into the failure part, right? You have to take action to understand what's right or wrong. Everything you need to be great is already inside you. From within. The podcast. Intuition. Instinct. These things. In. From within. In. Easy. So most people give up because everyone has told them what they can't do. And it's easier to stay safe in the comfort zone. So they sit on the fence unable to decide, unable to act. That goes into not going in with 100% conviction. It's easier to stay at 50-50 or 45-55 or 90% the coach, 10% yourself. Taking 100% accountability, responsibility and action for every single result, going with 100% conviction, that's very important. Okay. Let them judge you by your results and nothing else. So that's a brutally honest perception. Uh, if people were to judge me completely by my results, I wouldn't be crazy. That's why I'm not a cleaner. I don't have those results to back it up. But as soon as I get those results, people are going to be saying I'm an overnight success. I can tell you it's definitely far from that. I've been working on this for, for many years. But as soon as I get that one bit of success, people will be saying it's an overnight, overnight result. People say I've slipped through the system. People say all of this stuff. Sure, they're judging me by my results. But they don't know the work that I've done behind. So it's an interesting one. Raising your standard of excellence. Okay, so that's always that pursuit of, you know, the grass is always green on the other side. I can always do more. I'm never satisfied. Raising the standard of excellence every day. Trying to get a little bit better. You know, refining that little bit more. Excellence. Excellent. Better. Better. Kobe says he wants six rings. I want him to have seven. Again, raising the standard. Excellence. Place no limits on yourself. Placing limits on yourself is a very easy thing to do. A lot of people do it. And you can understand why people do that. Because people with a fixed mindset may believe that their abilities are fixed. They might believe that they've reached their plateau. They might believe they've reached their ceiling. But if you don't place any limits on yourself, then you can get to the top. That's that's by going into the same thing that I was saying before about if you believe that you can become the best player in the world, you can if you don't believe you can, you can't. The next thing. You can improve. Demanding more of yourself than anyone else could ever demand of you. It's not easy to do. I wrote, I have this in me, but I'm too aware to adapt in moments where it may be most important. So what what I think by that. So I do definitely have the demanding of myself to be better than everyone around me. But when I'm in environments, when I know that I am not the best around, I struggle with that because I'm, I am i don't have that delusion, which I think is very important to have, as I've mentioned. I do have the delusion when I have conscious decision-making, but I haven't programmed myself to have purposeful delusion so that I am believing that I can give more, I can be more than anyone else around me. I struggle with that because environments that I'm typically in people are much better than me 
with the first team, for example, I'm not on a professional contract because I'm not at that professional level yet, maybe. I believe I am. But it's a constant reminder that I'm not. That's something that I'm working on. Okay. Every time you stop, you can still do more. You must do more. The minute your mind thinks done, your instincts say next. Cleaners. Never satisfied. What's next? Move on. Keep going. No one will ever be Michael Jordan. Simple. No one will ever be Michael Jordan. His path, no one else can ever replicate. His habits, his patterns, no one can ever replicate. There will be moments in this book where we talk about how Michael Jordan is different to Kobe. I will find moments where I think that Michael Jordan could have been a better cleaner in instances. I look at Ronaldo and think he could be a better cleaner in some instances, but maybe those things are the things that make him great. I don't know. I can't vouch for that either. But no one can ever replicate their success. Maybe those things are the things that make them work. Okay. Can you improve your chances of success by learning about others who succeed and those who didn't? Of course. So what I wrote is the number way to improve is by doing. Yeah, that's true. But I think another thing is, is that success leaves clues. Learning from other people's past successes and past failures will leave clues. How you can replicate it, how you could learn from it, things like that. Success isn't the same as talent. The world is full of incredibly talented people who never succeed at anything. They show off to do what they what they do, and if it doesn't work out, they blame everyone else because they believe talent should be enough. It's not. Find an extra gear. Back to the last page. The next level of excellence, always stepping up. It's a raw animal instinct. We'll go into that later. In Relentless, it talks a lot about raw animal instinct and how we are trained to become good. What I have, it can be done. Uh, before that, actually, getting rid of the excuses. Getting rid of the excuses is, is also sculpting. When you're a sculptor and you have that big piece of brick in front of you, that big piece of stone in front of you, what are you doing when you're refining it? When you're chiseling it down, you're getting rid of the excess. Those can be excuses. It can be done, as I said before. Anything can be done. Growth mindset. Okay. Trust and zone. Those are two words that I've highlighted. I want you to trust who you already are. The three pillars. Trust that you are X, Y, and Z. Get into the zone where you can shut it all out. Noise, negativity, fear, distractions, and lies. Not easy to do. In some sports, it's easier to do than others. In some positions, it's easier to do than in others. But finding that strategy where you can get into the zone consistently, that's very important. I am... I'm, I I would say that I am constantly in the zone with tunnel vision, with my goals. But in the moment, I struggle with being in the zone. I think as a goalkeeper, it's not easy to stay in the zone because you have so much time where you're not involved. That's not easy to do. So you will be easily distracted by external things, such as the crowd. Um, yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. So I think that having your goals, your three goals, going into a game, as we spoke with Dan Abrams, your match script, uh, something that I, I learned with John Johnston is your three process goals, keeping you in the moment, whether it's your posture, whether it's the ball speed, whether it's X, Y, and Z, whatever you decide those three things to do, those should be not result-based goals, but process-based goals, things that you can do in the moment to focus on, to help you achieve that end goal. Something that Dan Abrams spoke about is uh, with some of his best players, he has to eliminate the end result and take that away completely and get them focusing on the moment because if you're focusing on the moment that end result will come if you do those things well if you focus on okay i've got the ball at my feet and all i'm thinking is i've got to win i've got to win i've got to win if i've got the ball at my feet i don't know what i'm doing if i've got the three process goals uh in my mind that i've got the ball at my feet okay i want to be fast i want to play the ball fast i want to be moving off the ball left right middle touch pass these things will help me get to the end result much better than focusing on the end result. 
Um, okay, so going into provocative topics. To get you there, I'm going to talk about some provocative topics, and you'll get no apologies for me if that makes you uncomfortable. Success is about dealing with reality. A lot of people like to sugarcoat things these days. Sugarcoating things is an excuse. It's evading the truth, and that's unhelpful. Don't run from the truth. The truth hurts, yeah, sure. Taking that emotion out of it, though. Yeah, that's very important. You need to take the emotion out of things because the truth is the reality. The only way that you can get better is by doing the action, by taking the action. If if you're not okay with that, then you're, you're running from the truth and the only way you can get better is by attacking that truth. And if you start acting on the truth, then you'll start seeing the results. Make it work for you, not against you. Truly relentless people, the cleaners, are predators. It's, again, back to the, the Kobe Bryant thing, actually. It's, Making your environment work for you. Everything you do is with purpose. Every time I go onto my phone, it's with purpose. And if I'm not doing it with purpose, then then I need to get rid of that. I need to I need to set a timer. I need to do this. I need to do that. You know, there are things that you can identify, patterns, things like that. Make it your environment work for you, not against you. You can't worry about whether your actions will upset other people or what they th- they'll think of you. We're talking all the emotion out of this. Cleaners aren't people pleasers. That's something I struggle with because I think that I am. I think that I was programmed to become a people become a people pleaser. I don't like that, and it's something that I need to work on. It's not an easy thing to do to reprogram people, but some people who are automatically—I wouldn't say automatically—but some people are just they just aren't people pleasers. That's due to their environment, how they grew up, and things like that. Maybe it's a lack of moral. I don't know, but. In some areas of life, if you want to become the best, that is a hindrance. People pleasing is a hindrance to becoming the best. Something I'm working on, as I mentioned. Some people who aren't naturally people pleasers, it's a, let's say, genetic disposition, or it's a relative disposition to how they grew up, where that benefits them. This has got a lot of notes on this one. Selfish, probably. Egocentric, definitely. Uh... I can definitely vouch for that. I am very selfish, but I'm aware of that. But I, I knew from me from when I first started that I had to be selfish. Egocentric, definitely. That's something I struggle with. I don't tend to be too egocentric, but I I definitely wasn't very egocentric when I was first starting out because I just wasn't that good. Ego comes with results. I don't have the best results. Therefore, I don't have much of an ego, but I do have an ego from within, external to the results because... I have my professionalism, dedication, and effort, and I don't think anyone else does that better than me. And I, I will stand by that, like genuinely. If if anyone actually questions me, I'll take them off on it. I think that I am more professional, dedicated, and effortful, which would translate into hard work, than anyone I know. I could probably go out and find anyone in my town and also say that I am more, I'm better at these three things than anyone else in this town. I could probably go out, I could probably say, in Germany. I would back myself to be the best of those three things. That's how I see it. Ego? Yes. But I, at the moment, only have an ego in these in these three things. People who are the best to have an ego with all things. I do have the selfish part down back though. I can tell you that. They're going to have to compete with you that's something I don't have either. That comes with results. Again, cleaners, closers, coolers, coolers have to start working. Well, actually, they probably don't work on studying the competition. Closers are working on the competition, but the cleaners, the competition are working on them. That's only based on results and having a long career, basically. The wave of frustration and emotion, that was drowning all of his natural ability. Not focused on the controllables. That's what I have written down. Not focus on the controllables, emotion, get rid of it. You're in total control. Yeah, simple. As we've always said in uh, all episodes, you know, you're in total control of everything that happens to you. Whatever happens to you is your fault. Take responsibility for it. Even if it's not in your fault, it's now your fault because you have to deal with it. Take action, take accountability. Unfortunately, life happens, right? But take responsibility for everything that happens. Take complete control. You are better off for believing 
that you have control over everything in your life than playing the victim card. There are many studies actually saying that when you start playing a victim mentality, you're worse off for believing it. So why don't you believe that everything that happens to you, you can change or you can control? You're better off for believing that. Quiet your mind. Not easy. It's just you and your instincts. When I heard that, kind of, it made it a little bit simpler in my head, but the execution of that, it's not easy. Forget about losing. Forget about winning. That's what I wrote down. For me, at least, the more I focus on winning, the less I win. So that's individual. And again, with Dan Abrams, when he was saying that he had to um, kind of get rid of that aspect of the end result with his clients, maybe in basketball, focus on winning is something where, you know, if it's a higher arousal sport, maybe, where they can have a bit more focus on the external factors because they can probably control it more. In a game like football, you can't really control it because you've got 10 other teammates who control it. Then you've also got the other 11 other team, the 11 other players on the field who also control it. So in football, it's a little bit harder. As a goalkeeper as well, it's a bit harder as well. You want, you want to be the best? Ignore the pain and the exhaustion and the pressure to please everyone else. Get rid of the emotion. Simple. Not an application, then. You're calm on the inside. Okay. That's something I think I do well. I think that my emotion and my calmness and my uh, arousal level stays very, very consistent throughout a game, whether it's for winning or whether we're losing. It should stay pretty streamlined. Anyone, sorry, you don't tell anyone how you're going to handle it. You just handle it. I think that a lot of people are in America, for example, whether it's in the NBA, whether it's in NFL. I know in Germany, for example, there's a lot of emotion tied to results such as, you know, a goal. I see a lot of emotion in that. Uh, in basketball, when someone blocks someone, they get all big and all that. You don't see Michael Jordan ever doing that. You don't see Kobe ever doing that. When you know you see that video of the the basketball player at the uh, the throwing line, throwing fainting the ball at Kobe's face, he doesn't react. He doesn't flinch. It's crazy, but that's when Kobe has no emotion. That is a cleaner at the top of his level. He's just handled the situation. They won't understand. That's massive. I I think that if there are people who understand you, keep them close. But most people won't. And you have to explain to those people who don't understand you. And especially if they're close to you, it's better they don't understand you. Because you do have to be a little bit wrong in their head. Honestly, you do have to be a little bit wrong in their head. Next page. Let me see how many pages we've left. We're almost done. Um... Relentless is about achieving the impossible. Everyone says it's impossible, impossible until someone does it. I know for a fact that anyone can do it. The growth mindset. Exactly. So here we go. The next thing is everything is impossible until someone does it. I completely agree with that. The next thing I have a few days after my first meeting with the Bulls, they called me to meet again. At their suburban practice facility, I figured it was another interview with the training staff. I had no idea I was being taken to a meeting with Michael Jordan at his home. Everything is impossible until someone does it. That's a story about Tim Grover when he uh, sent out all the letters out to all of the Chicago Bull players, but Michael Jordan. I would say that's not very clean alike from Tim, honestly. I would expect him to do it to every single player, but I guess he just, at the time, didn't see that Michael Jordan was a feasible option. Again... I wouldn't say that's a cleaner move. The cleaner probably would do all of it. But the, the cleaner reaction from Michael Jordan is even though he didn't get that letter, he found the person and the people who did, and he acted upon it. It's a cleaner. Michael and, I, Michael and I talked for an hour, and I laid the whole plan, showing him how we would slowly make him stronger and minimize the risk of injury, explaining how every physical change would affect his shot, and how we would make adjustments along the way to get his whole body working in the balance for maximum peak performance and probably extending his career. It was closely to everything I had to say before he responded. That's a cleaner like ability from Tim. Um, definitely planning, executing, detail, all of that. That's what 
you should take into your life, leaving no stone unturned. Uh, Tim gave him a 30-day schedule, going through exactly what they were going to do with the evidence, with the proven results, things like that, leaving nothing to chance. A very famous line that Tim uses, you can see it in all of his books, you can see it in The Last Dance. He gave me 30 days, I stayed for 15 years. Results. We never saw an obstacle or problems. We only saw a situation in need of a solution. Again, that is going back to the mindset of framing, taking accountability for everything, understanding that your reality, things like that, it's all up to you in your control. Use your surroundings to benefit you, not harm you. Relentless about winning. Relentless in his belief. No such thing as good enough always wanted more that's powerful never being satisfied driving to be the best then getting even better facing your fears rid of the poisons that guarantee you will fail respected for your mental strength and toughness yeah those those are all big big sentences right there I think that the things that I mentioned before, facing your fears, when you face your fears, those things happen. Back to the flywheel effect, and we'll discuss it a bit more. You get that momentum, you start doing things, you start realizing you're in control, and you start seeing results. The flywheel will start going around and around and around. That's don't think, and a note from the author. So, there's quite a lot in there. Um, Lots to definitely think about. Definitely um, not easy to interpret for your first time reading Relentless, I think. It's mainly an introduction. I think that maybe that's probably one of the smaller chapters, honestly. We did go through essentially two chapters then. Um, okay, so that was around 25 pages. So the next chapter's 15 and 20, then another 14 or so. Yeah, okay. So that, that's about the length of um, each podcast episode, probably, for the Railway series. But, yeah, that's that. there's a lot to take from that, honestly. And I hope that you guys can kind of go through this with us and understand all the different aspects of Renamus. It's a great book. You know, I hope that you guys can take lessons away from this and get different interpretations of it. Because I know that from my first time reading Renamus, I not struggled with it, but I really was like, I was like, I was thinking, where are the answers? You know, how do, how do I do it? I don't know. Um, but the more I, the more and more I read it, the more I identified or related with it. But now I'm able to see the results and the truth behind it all, if that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great, great second episode, you could say. Um, yeah, don't think. So guys, yes, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you could... Share this with a friend, share this series, get it, get it rolling. We really want to help you guys with, you know, your your struggles, you know, your outlook, your your, your life journey. We, we want you to become the best version of yourself. We want you to keep sculpting yourself every single day. We want you to become better and better. Like the co-hosts, we all try and get better and better every single day. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to interact with you guys more. We want to hear you know, your thoughts. We want to see what your thoughts are because that could change our thoughts. We want to see what's working for you, what's not working for you. I think that we want to grow sculpted to become something something great, you know. Ultimately, we want we want to get Tim Grover on the podcast as well. That's That's been a massive goal of mine to get Tim Grover onto the podcast. And there's, I can go back through my emails and see times when I said to Tim, I sent him an email actually and I was like, I, I, I want to speak with you one day. But I don't know how I'm going to get to you. But I'm going to prove to you that I can get to you because I'm I'm truly relentless. I'm a cleaner. That's what I said to him. I can probably find that email today. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and get to him. But I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I know I'm going to do it. And I, I didn't stop doing it because I tried to build my own pedigree up, you could say, whether it was on LinkedIn, whether it was through this podcast itself, I think that now I've found the right platform to get in contact with Tim. You know, if Tim is able to see that I am doing a relentless series, you know, 
I'm a student of his of his work. It's it's something that you know the the one not really the one but a big part of having a new co-host onto the podcast is having them read relentless for ash he read relentless in two weeks now he's a co-host this is something that you have to do so yeah share this podcast guys we would love to have tim grover on one day i would love to work with tim grover you know i hope that he sees the work that we're doing and sees that we're you know, as committed as he has to, you know, become the best he can be, to becoming a cleaner, we strongly stand by that, and uh, we hope you guys do too. So, yeah, again, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and stay sculpted.